Hey guys, it's Kurt. We are taking a little vacation this week because it is Thanksgiving here in the U.S., but we didn't want to leave you hanging without an episode. So what we have for you today is a sneak peek behind the curtain of our Patreon. This is our first episode of our recap of the middle grade series, The Animorphs. We are doing the whole series over on Patreon, uh, but you guys get to listen to the first episode today for free, and if you like what you hear and you want to join in the conversation, we hope you'll go join us in our Patreon uh, at the $5 or $10 level. Either one gets you access to all of our bonus episodes, including this series about the Animorphs. We'd love to have you there. Here is that first episode about Animorphs number one, The Invasion. My name is Jake. That's my first name, obviously. I can't tell you my last name. It would be too dangerous. The controllers are everywhere. Everywhere. And if they knew my full name, they could find me and my friends, and then... Well, let's just say I don't want them to find me. What they do to people who resist them is too horrible to think about. Hi. Hi. Okay. <laughs> this is happening. It's our very first bonus episode of Hoof and Fang yes. for our Patreon subscribers. Welcome, Patreon. Welcome to our patrons. We are so excited to have you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting us and supporting the podcast. Yes, we're happy you're here. We are so excited to be doing this mm-hmm. and hopefully entertaining you. And um, who has read Animorphs? I'm wondering who else, who else, like who else out there has read this series and has thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, If you haven't already, we encourage you to jump in. Yeah. They're so short and sweet. These middle grade novels meant for kids that we are reading now as full ass grown adults. And they're actually, they're so good. Like they're so fun. I was like, I've gotten in the habit now, like when I'm reading them, I just start taking notes as I'm reading. So it's really organic and just like my thoughts at the time. Oh, good. Yeah. So some of these notes are just me being like, just picking on children (laughs) that's part of it i guess i'm loving that i have been looking forward to this for literal months nice since we agreed we were going to do this and then took forever to start Mm -hmm. um i have been looking forward to talking to somebody who has read animorphs about animorphs yes so um have we mentioned that we're doing the series animorphs (laughs) you'll never guess what we're reading you'll never guess what's happening in (laughs) in the hoof and fang book club today um no, so this this will be a series that will continue at least for a year mm-hmm. because there's 54 books and if we do one a week. Yeah. So we're in it, guys. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. Just, Just get used to it. In. Yeah. <laughs> if you have never read the books, yeah, prepare thyself mm-hmm. because I just my my impression going back to them before we get started on anything specific mm-hmm. is I cannot believe how sometimes graphic and sometimes serious mm-hmm. and heartbreaking oh, man. some of these stories are like K.A. Applegate did not pull any punches even though she was writing for a middle grade audience yeah and I like I I remember loving the series I don't remember being so sad sometimes yeah. while reading yeah well and I think too like when we're kids a lot of these things don't we're jerks. Hit. Yeah, we're jerks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff where it doesn't hit in the tender spots because we're just calloused over little shits. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I think the author knew that that the age group she was writing for, they're not dumb, mm-hmm. right? She didn't she didn't have to she didn't feel compelled to talk down to her audience. Like you said, didn't pull any punches. This was meant for just little adults who want to absorb content. Like I am 37 was fully like committed to this mm-hmm. book. Like halfway through the first one, I was like, well, shit, I want to know what happens. Like, Yay! you know what I mean? Like, this is good. So, um, yeah, no, it's, but yeah, I think as a kid, I totally would have had a different perspective for a lot of these characters, but as an adult now, and we'll talk about book two next week, but book two, I was, I think I was in a sensitive spot or something mm-hmm. because like, there's a, a part in the book where I was like, Oh, Okay. Yeah. Like you know what Getting I mean? Getting misty. Yeah. I get misty. Yeah. I get misty. Sometimes. I was like, this is this is hitting a little um, little tender spots mm-hmm. I didn't realize I had. So right. yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's so much to talk about. Yeah. We got this, a lot. This first book sets up the whole world. It is just so much yeah. that we get introduced to, to right away. Yep. Um, so how do you want to do this? Ooh, I don't do know. You, do you we... want me to do sort of like just the facts, ma'am? And then you can give your reactions. Do you want to take turns being the, the recapper? Um, I guess let's have you do, because I didn't do any like recaps. This is literally just my brain thoughts okay. reading the series. So I don't have any like recaps in front of me. I just have my notes. <laughs> I'm ready to recap. Okay, cool. All right. So in the first book, the first mm-hmm. book is titled The Invasion. Yep. Uh, we meet Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake is our POV character for this book. Yep. One of the things I love about this series is that it moves between the different members of the team. Yeah, I didn't know that until mm-hmm. I picked up the second book. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, yes. like you get everybody's perspective, which is great. Right. So we learn right away that Jake is telling a story to us, mm-hmm. the readers, yep. which is another thing I love. It's like, hey, I'm talking to you mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you a story that's true. It happened, but I can't tell you my real name. I can't tell you where I live because they'll find us. Yeah. Who is they? I love it. Oh, yeah, that's right? so good. Yeah. So Jake uh, is at the mall with his friend Marco mm-hmm. and they run into his cousin Rachel and their other friend Cassie. Yep. And then this kid at school that they sort of know, sort of a dweeb, his name is Tobias. Mm-hmm. And the five of them leave the mall and they are walking home through a construction site. And out of the sky lands a spaceship cool yes just like love that like and the reactions are so genuine like they didn't i i think the way she wrote them would be like how a group of kids would react to seeing that instead of them being like jumping to adventure right away there's Mm. plenty of them that were like why are we standing here let's run (laughs) so get the hell out of here yeah that's a freaking spaceship let's go yeah so yeah so uh what happens is um out of this spaceship comes a pretty gnarly looking dude yes uh as somebody who wrote centaur shifter books i thought that this would appeal to you (laughs) yes dude i was like like i read the description and then i looked up art Cause I was like, I want to see what they look like. Like I have an idea, but I want to see it. And like super cool. Like mm-hmm. I loved the entire alien design, like the good guys and the bad guys yeah. are just super neat. I, I really like this person's brain and their imagination. But yeah. So yes. So the alien that we meet, his name is Prince Elfangor and pronunciations are up to my imagination guys. I was right? going to say, I don't, I didn't I, know how to pronounce it. I have listened so. to some of the audiobooks, but I didn't, like I knew what these names were in my head since yeah. middle school. So <laughs> even when they were saying something a little bit different, yeah, 
Sorry. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's embedded. Yeah. So I'm going to say things like how I how I read them as a as a young person. Uh, so Prince Elfangor, who is an Andalite, mm-hmm. uh, who are these uh, centaur-like creatures. They have the the bottom half of a deer. Mm-hmm. So like not quite as strong uh, or muscular as as a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if you think about it, actually makes more sense so for the human torso. There is a whole. A subgroup of centaurs that are deer, and they're called like cevatars or okay. something. So there are like that's a whole species that okay. exists air quotes everywhere in uh, mythos. So when right. they said that, I was like, oh, cool! I pictured yeah. it immediately. Oh, yeah. And I just thought that was so cool. Yeah, it is but very like, cool because like if you just think about the human torso and how it would fit on a horse, like yeah. that little torso <laughs> would look so chilly. Yeah, on a giant horse, horse <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we don't we don't ever like do them that way like the bodies are also very large to match the horse so i thought like okay it's cool that it's like human body on a deer Mm -hmm. a blue deer Mm -hmm. he has blue fur um they have um humanoid face yeah but no mouth Mm -hmm. and in addition to the two eyes on the front of their face they have two stalks that come out of the top of their head and they have eyes there too so cool so they can be constantly looking around and seeing in all directions and the piece de resistance is that they have a tail like a scorpion with a blade at the end yeah so these are fighters yeah they are a warrior species the endolites but they are also technologically advanced Mm -hmm. prince alfangor comes out his his ship is clearly it's really like a crash landing his ship is fucked yeah he's fucked like things are not going great for this guy yeah and he knows that he's not alone and somebody's coming so he sees these kids and the kids are like, okay, let's help this guy. Yeah. Right. right. Like their compassion, their empathy is already present. Mm -hmm. They run to help him. um, And they learn about who he is and the fact that he is there to try to protect the earth from a species called the Yerks Mm -hmm. who are little slug like aliens that go in through your ear and wrap around your brain and take over your thoughts and your actions. Mm -hmm. So basically parasites that infect you and then they are you. Yeah. Yeah. They, they take the wheel basically. Mm -hmm. So, and like, and you're sitting in the back seat and I think that's one of the things that that makes it yeah extra creepy is that you're cognizant of what's happening, but you can't do anything about it. Like you're watching this alien just take over your life and do crazy alien shit mm-hmm. and you're just trapped in your own subconscious. Yeah. Like, oof. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about not pulling punches. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that we learn that the Yerks are already on earth mm-hmm. and that the Andalite ship that came to help fight the Yerks was just destroyed. Yeah. Surprise attack shot out of orbit. So earth is fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except everything's already in motion. Mm-hmm. Except Prince Elfangor makes a choice. He decides to give technology to these five young people so that they can help. Uh, I was going to say like not protect against, but like, cause they're only five kids, Yeah, but they can sort of strike the Yerks. They can stop them from advancing. Yeah. Is like maybe like damage control yeah. in this area. Like that's kind of all they can really do. Right. So, but it's better than nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's at least some type of barrier between Humans in the Yerks. Right. Well, and one thing that is not clear, really, I I mean, ever, is like, are the Yerks only in this area? Do they not expand on that? Like, okay. I guess we'll find out. I mean, I can say definitively not for a while if they ever do. Okay. Um, I don't have a recollection of that. But 
So my feeling has always been that like he went to this place because he knows that's where like gotcha. the shit is going down. It's where things have started. Okay. Um, it's where there's a lot of influence on earth, whatever that might mean for the location. We don't know the location. Right. We get little hints here and there over mm-hmm. time. So like I suspect. Okay. Um, but yeah, so th- these kids are going to try to like prevent the York empire from taking over as quickly as they plan to. Mm-hmm. Because the simple truth is space travel takes a long time. Yeah. And so the Andalites will eventually send reinforcements, but it could take years. Yeah. That's question mark light years away. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're kind of on their own until then. Right. So he pulls this blue box and out of the blue box is the technology that the Andalites have developed to be able to acquire an animal's DNA by touch. Mm Mm-hmm. And once they acquire that DNA, they can morph into the animal. Yep. So they're told this is what it does. They touch the box. They feel a little, ooh, okay. Yeah, a little, like, little, a little something, yeah, yeah. you know. Maybe it's just <laughs> static electricity. And they're listening to this story. And the prince is like, you got to get out of here because there are these other ships coming in now. Mm-hmm. A couple of bug fighters, which is what they call the the little like soldier ships yeah, yeah. of the York Empire. Uh, and then... The dreaded blade ship. Mm-hmm. The blade ship is the ship of Visor Three. Visor Three, man. Uh, in the York Empire, Visors are like, I don't know, generals. Yeah, I was gonna say generals is kind of the vibe I was getting. Yeah, like yeah. they're they're real powerful. There's like, I don't know if they said this in in this book or if it's a future, but like, there's a council that's like the uppity ups, mm-hmm. and then like, Visors underneath that, and like based on their number. That's how powerful they are. Okay. So Visser Three, he's high up. Is real high up. Yeah. He is basically leading the invasion of Earth. Yeah. And the thing about Visser Three is he is the only Yurk who has ever captured an Andalite. He is the only Andalite controller. Mm -hmm. Controllers are what they call somebody with a Yurk in their head. Yeah. He is the only Andalite controller. Mm -hmm. And this motherfucker. This guy is brutal. He. I mean. Right off the bat. Yeah. He morphs into this giant alien creature mm-hmm. and literally eats Prince Elfangor. Yeah. I remember being like, oh my God. Like I was expecting like a fade to black kind of thing. No, no. No, no. No. Everyone's on the trauma bus together. We're mm-hmm. taking this ride. So yeah, these kids watch their new friend, their new cool mm-hmm. alien friend who's like dying in front of them as right. it is being like hey this is what's going on i know i'm laying this burden on you guys your children but then like this bigger badder scarier thing shows up eats him yeah like shit right right like, and this is like in the first three chapters yeah this is like <laughs> it, out the gate they're like she comes out swinging so i was like holy crap like this this book is <laughs> immediately interesting mm-hmm. so yeah yeah eats him so the kids they witness this they leave. Mm-hmm. Jake wakes up the next morning and thinks that has to be a dream. Yeah. There's no way. It's too insane. Mm-hmm. It had to be a dream. Group hallucination. Yeah. Something. Well, I mean, he hasn't even <laughs> talked to anybody else. Yet, yeah. So it's like, oh, that was a really weird dream I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in through his window comes Tobias. No, not th- that's not true. He just comes in through the house, right? I can't remember. Yeah. I think he just like. Knocks on the front door and his mom is like, your friend Tobias is here. And Tobias yeah. comes in. 
it's not a spoiler to say they go through a lot of windows as the series goes on. Right. Yeah. I was about <laughs> like, to say that sounds right because of I'm two books in at this point. They're going to come coming in, coming in and out of a lot of windows sneaking yeah. around their parents. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, he walks in the front door. He's in Jake's room. He's mm-hmm. all like, Hey dude, uh, wasn't that crazy? What happened last night? And Jake is like, wait, it really happened. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, catch this. I'm going to turn into my cat right now. <laughs> and he does. Yeah. He's just like, boop, turns and, into a cat. And here's the thing that hit me so viscerally that didn't hit me the first time is just how gross it would be to morph into another animal. Really? Okay. Yeah. What, what, what about the thing like just got to you? I mean, just imagine your body changing. Like just cracking yeah. and moving and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And how many horrifying versions of that there would be on your way from one thing to another. Well, because they and they talk about how it doesn't hurt. It just feels. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it just but feels. But it, it's also not quick. Mm-hmm. It takes a few minutes. Yeah. Well, everyone except Cassie, which we'll get to, how right. she just picks it up like nothing. Like she's a little badass. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah. They're t- when they talk about how like <laughs> the in between stages is kind of a nightmare where you're mm. like this half cat, half person. You're just like, oh my god. Yeah. Like it's the it's gangly like, teenage oh phase. Yeah. 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 So he does. He does it. Um, we learn that just like Prince Elfangor was able to talk to them using thought speak, because mm-hmm. they don't have mouths, that that species. Right. Uh, when Tobias morphs, he can use thought speak. He mm-hmm. can talk directly into Jake's mind. Yeah. And so it's real. Like, oh shit, it's real. Yeah. Um, so now they need to like, they need to have a conference. Mm-hmm. We need to have a conflab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they go to Case Cassie's barn. Mm-hmm. Cassie's parents, this is important, yeah. are both veterinarians. Mm-hmm. Her dad runs a rescue clinic out of their barn. And right. her mom works at a local zoo called The Gardens. Yeah. Zoo slash like amusement park, it sounds like. Yeah. Sort of like a bush gardens is what I'm assuming they're yeah. sort of referring to in the real world. Um, so they meet at the barn uh, because it's, it's private enough. The parents aren't going to bug them. Mm-hmm. And... What happened while they're in this meeting, like a police officer shows up and is like, hey, there were some kids setting off some fireworks in the construction site. Yeah, yeah. You you wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? And like everyone is like, no. Right. Except for Marco, who's like shitting a brick. Right. Poor kid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so it becomes... These are smart kids. They're very smart. Because they realize if the if the officer is showing up and lying about what happened mm-hmm. in order to try to find out who the kids were in that construction site, um, because they were discovered. Like yeah. the 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 bad the baddie aliens discovered that there were kids there and they ran away. Mm-hmm. If he's lying about it, that means he must be a controller. One of my notes was instilling distrust in cops at a young reading age. Hell yeah. Controllers yeah. are cops. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Come through. Like, yeah. Just, you know, question people. If people's be like, trust your instincts. If mm-hmm. somebody seems shady, probably are. Right. Kind of thing. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, yes. that was, I like closed it, made the note real fast. I was like, yeah, no, I like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So what they decide to do is they're like, okay. Well, it's hard to, there's, there's just so much that happens. Yeah. All right. So they're like, oh crap, it's the police. We can't just go to the cops because 
with what we know, because you never like it. The cops could be controllers. Mm-hmm. The a reporter could be a controller. The yeah. federal government, like you, just don't know how far up it's gone. Yeah. So, what they're going to try to do is, I guess, like play it cool for a little while. Yeah, they're 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 trying to figure it out. They're they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out like how they're going to chase down how far is gone, who's, who's what, you know, mm-hmm. cause at this point, like who can you trust at the, like at, at this point, all they have is each other and who they are, assume would be safe, which right. turns out it hits literally yeah. closer to home than they thought. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, for it, it doesn't really kick off until I think the hint that Jake's brother, Tom is probably mm-hmm. influenced by a controller. So right. he, it's, I think that's kind of what sets off the next chain of reaction is when I forgot who brings it up exactly when they're like, Hey, like we think it's Tom and right. he like, I so, think it's Marco. I think he punches him or something. Yeah. Because Tom comes home and he starts asking the same questions yeah. about the kids in the construction site yeah. and the fireworks. Mm-hmm. And that's when Marco's like, dude, your brother's a controller. Yeah. Which of course Jake doesn't want to believe. Right. So, Un- understandably so. So they're, what they're going to do, Tom is a part of this group called the sharing, which is like, a youth group. Yeah. You know, I guess uh, like I that name commun- was super. I was like, that name alone is sketchy as hell <laughs> going to the sharing. No, no. you're going to take me out of the woods. <laughs> like, I'm not going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, literally. exactly. Um, so, so he's a part of this group. Um, you know, we come to learn that like he used to be a really successful and popular basketball player at high school. Mm-hmm. And over the last year he has dropped off, the, like quit the team has totally devoted his life to this youth group called the sharing. Yeah. So like all signs point to this dude has a slug in his head. Yeah. And yeah. like the sharing must have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. So they're invited to this sharing night at the beach. Yeah. Which is of course supposed to be like a recruitment thing. Like, um, you know, which is the thing real youth groups do. They're like, Oh, we're throwing a party. Just like, come on, we're just hanging out. It's just cool. And then at the end they're all like, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> Sneak in right at the right, end. Right, yeah. yeah. It was like, you know, in the middle of like soda and s'mores, <laughs> in yeah. comes the salvation. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> um, so they're going to spy on this event, and they decide that Jake is going to acquire his dog, Homer. 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 And he's it. going to morph into Homer. Yeah. And he is going to then spy on this group. Yeah. And this is when we get our first real taste of what it's like to morph because it's the first time we, we are inside the head of, of one of these characters who's morphing and we get the experience of being a dog. I love that. Like the whole, I mean, who doesn't love dogs anyway, but being able to live that, like everything's exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think Jake even talks about how he's like, I'm just happy. Like, I don't, I don't really have a very broad range of emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm either not happy right now or super happy. Like that's kind of it. And um, just the smells and like his, I, I like how the author has where it's still Jake. He still knows it's him, but it's through the like personality or instincts of this yeah. dog. So like watching that play out was really fun because I do similar things in like the relic where it's like they're themselves, but also their dinosaur selves. Um, but yeah, just, I, I want to be a dog so oh. bad just happy yeah. and everything's great and everyone's your best friend. And it just, I, that whole part was so good. I really liked it. I agree. Yeah. Can you imagine how much fun it would be to play with your own dog mm-hmm. as your dog? Yeah. Oh, oh, so fun. I'd love it. I mean, after they would get, you know, 
mad because they'd see another dog and be like, hey. And you'd be like, no, we're friends. And they'd be like, okay. Like, no, no, no. I smell like you. Yeah. So. I'm you. We're best friends. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he does the spying. Mm-hmm. We learn, yes, in fact, the sharing is a front for the Yerks. Right. And not only is Tom a controller, so is their assistant principal, Chapman. Yep. Who will be a recurring character in the series. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Chapman is, um, he's in their school, so like he is recruiting for the Yerks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are in real danger of being turned into controllers. Like yeah. even at their age, where they are in life, they could be controllers. Yeah. Which isn't it interesting to think that like, how did Elfangor know they weren't? controllers i don't know like it's real lucky yeah that and i think part of it is that they were very young Mm -hmm. and you might assume that like kids this young wouldn't be a strategic yeah what would be the point like you can't really do much as a kid right like the the yurks would just be like going through the the routine of going to school every day and Mm -hmm. like what how would that be helpful to anybody so I'm, i'm thinking that was part of his logic but like got real lucky yeah. that none of these five kids had, had a yerk in their well, head. And I wonder if they'd be able to sense it somehow. Like, nope. No? Oh, okay. Because I was thinking Mm-mm. maybe when he did the, like, telepaths kind of thing. Nope. It's not telepathy. It's just thought speak. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Cannot read minds. Okay. So they, while they're at the beach, they're sort of, like, apprehended because mm-hmm. they're, like, I mean, they're a group of, like, kids who like a group of kids was at the construction site. Now there's this group of kids who's hanging around the shearing and like spying on them and blah, blah, blah. Um, So the Yerks sort of put two and two together and they end up nabbing Casey. Cassie. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) They end up nabbing Cassie. And so now she has been taken in by the police. Yes. Is it, is it a coincidence that she is the only black kid in the group? (laughs) gonna say something and i didn't know if it would be yeah no uh yeah starting to see a pattern here right yeah okay applegate may have been ahead of her time mm-hmm. she's like put two and two together kids interesting yeah. yeah yeah um we sort of skipped over the part where they at some point are like well if we're going to be fighting the irks we're gonna need some firepower yeah that and was this, that was a fun scene this is where cassie Cassie's mom working for the gardens Mm -hmm. becomes important because long story short, they sneak in and they acquire some crazy powerful morphs. Yeah. So Jake ends up in a cage with tigers. Yep. And acquires a tiger. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important to note that when they are acquiring an animal, it becomes calm. Yeah. Like it almost becomes comatose for a little bit. Yeah. Like while the acquiring is happening. Mm -hmm. So there will be times when you're like, how did these fucking kids touch that animal? It's like, well, as soon as they touched it, they could make it kind of like chill, chill out mm-hmm. and kind of go sleepy. Yeah. So that's how they get away with this sometimes, yeah. including the tiger. Yep. But the other thing that I think is really interesting uh, is they just kind of call out the fact that a tiger with a human in its cage, first of all, tigers in a zoo are going to be pretty used to humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, what the fuck does a tiger have to worry about? It's not scared of right? you. Like this human? Like, okay. Mm-mm. If he tries, yeah, if he tries to pull some shit, I'll just end him. Right. Like, so yeah. that my adult brain wrapping my head around that was like, oh, yeah, that'd be crazy to like walk up to a tiger and touch it. Yeah. But I guess they wouldn't mind. 
Yeah, it. I mean, I'm sure it depends on not a wild tiger. No, God, no. But like a di- like a domesticated one, one that's used to being around humans, who's well fed, once for nothing, like used mm-hmm. to daily routine checks, kind of thing. Probably wouldn't outright mess with you, but it's also you know a wild mm-hmm. animal, and maybe it's having a bad day. Right. So yeah, they got lucky, right. but also the lion or lion, the tiger probably just did not. He was like, oh, it's little nugget children. Right. I, don't, I don't care. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Jake gets a tiger. Marco gets a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Rachel gets an elephant. Love it. Tobias morphs a hawk mm-hmm. or acquires a hawk. Mm-hmm. Were there any other ones? Is Cassie with them at that point? I can't remember. I know she, she's, she is she's with ho- them. Yeah, but she's, she acquired a horse and I think right. she stuck with that one because she... That was the one she can slip in and out of, like, really easy. Sure, sure, sure. And she had done that at home. Yeah. Like, one of her. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. she had been running around. So that was... Yeah. She was enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, as you said, Cassie, it turns out, is just... Like a natural Great at morphing. Yeah. Figured out how to morph with Mm -hmm. clothes before everyone else. She's like, this isn't hard. Like, just... It's like, she's my favorite. She's just cool. (laughs) (laughs) So they have these, these more powerful morphs. Cassie has been taken by the controllers, and Mm -hmm. they're... They are now so worried right. that they're she's going to be turned into a controller. Mm-hmm. And so they learned, Tobias really learned from Alfangor because he stayed with him the longest. Yeah. The other kids ran. Tobias stayed with him until the absolute last second. Yeah. And so Tobias knows that there is something called a yerk pool because the way the yerks eat is they have to swim around in this goo and absorb candrana rays, which are like rays from their sun. Yeah. So it's like a Superman situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, but in like a goopy mm-hmm. bug slime right. thing. Yeah. So so they've built these yerk pools clearly somewhere nearby mm-hmm. because the controllers will have to go to this pool every three days mm-hmm. in order for the yerk to crawl out of their head swim around in the pool for a little while and crawl back in their head. Yeah. They figure out where it is. They go. It's it, the portal is actually like inside their school. Yeah. Well, and, and Jake finds it out by turning into a little Anole. Oh yeah. And like that whole scene was really fun because he was talking, I have a note about it where he's like, I'm an Anole, a member of the Iguana family. Like you care. And I was like, I so care. <laughs> like I like growing up. So my, my best friend Shin loved this series growing up. And as I've read two of these books, a lot of shit starting to click into place. <laughs> like she was obsessed with Anoles and there's a ton of them in Texas. Okay. And so she would pick them up and she would flip them over on their bellies. Cause it makes them like go limp. Oh. And so she would pick them up, flip them over, and just be holding these little anoles. Like when we were kids, that was like her favorite thing. She was trying to acquire those yeah, anoles. Yeah, she was like desperately <laughs> trying to. And her favorite, favorite animal was a red-tailed, a red-tailed hawk, which is like, I was like, I was talking to her this morning about it. And I was like, do you know how much of your personality I'm figuring out reading these <laughs> books? Like, I've known you for a long time, and I did not realize that so much of this came from the series. But yeah, he, he like morphs into this tiny little lizard. Runs around, eats a spider, and it's like that's brought up like, twice. Oh, shit. Yeah, he yeah. eats it. Was like, oh, and he's like, he, f- he could feel it kicking around mm-hmm. in his stomach and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like, yeah, really, oh. just oh. talk because again, those animal instincts. Yeah, like they have to learn to manage those instincts yeah. because otherwise they'll take over. Right, which is what happens in the case of him. Yeah, and it, eating it's, this bug because hunger is such a strong 
driving force yeah. for not only this morph, but a lot of morphs in the future. Yeah, that's that's a reoccurring thing, which is super cool. So he has a moment where he totally panics and loses control of the body and is like scampering around and not going anywhere where he's supposed to, almost gets stepped on and then eats a spider as a cherry on top mm. kind of thing. Um, so that whole sequence was really fun of yeah. him, like, him trying to steer him back into Chapman's office and then figuring out what he needs to. But yeah, that whole part right. was super fun. Well, and it's especially important to keep control of the animal brain Mm -hmm. because uh, what we know and what they know, but we haven't talked about yet, is that this technology has a limit. Yes. You can morph into another animal for two Earth hours. Yes. But if you stay there longer, you can't morph back. Mm -hmm. So losing yourself to the animal brain could be really dangerous. Yeah, real bad. And, And that's... Even in this first book, they make those stakes clear that, like, you just might not have control. So, like, you need to be ready Mm -hmm. to take control of that brain, those instincts, and, like, overcome them with your rational human thought. Yeah. So, yeah, so because of that spy mission, when he's the lizard, the little iguana, um, they find out the the entrance to the Yerk pool, one of them is actually in their school. Mm -hmm. They're able to get there. Um they have their big powerful morphs. Strongly recommend you go read the scene. It's really cool. Yeah, Lots it's of stuff great. happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, long story short, Jake is going in. He knows they want to save Cassie. He also wants to save his brother. Mm-hmm. So he knows there's going to be this point where the Yerk is out of his brother's head. Mm-hmm. And one of two things could happen. Jake could see that his brother is an unwilling controller. So he could fight as soon as the Yerk leaves his head. Mm-hmm. But the other thing we have learned through the course of the book is that sometimes the Yerks just convince people to become controllers. Yeah. And they are willing participants. So there are like two little areas for the Yerk controllers. Mm-hmm. One for the people who are unwilling, they go into cages. Yeah. Um, and one, like, a little lounge area yeah. <laughs> for, for yeah. the people who are like, okay, I'll just wait until the worm goes back in my head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it's really important to him to discover that Tom is not willing. Yeah. And he does learn that. Tom starts yelling as soon as the yerk's out of his head. He wants to get away. Yeah. Um, we've gone into so much detail, and we'll do that, I think, in the future about the hork bajir, who are another species, yeah. who are very strong and powerful. There's a reason... Tom can't just get away. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. No, they, Tom is is stuck. The yeah. Yerks have foot soldiers. They're very strong. Right. Um, but throughout the course of of this battle, really, they are able to free some people out of cages mm-hmm. and start running. Um, and ultimately, they are able to get Cassie out. Yes. So they get Cassie out. They get one other human out. Everybody else is captured. Yeah. They are all sort of like split up and going in their own directions. Mm -hmm. And so it was semi-successful. Yeah. At least we know that Tom's not a willing controller, that like he is fighting, he wants to be saved. Mm -hmm. They got Cassie. But they've also sort of exposed themselves now. Right. So now the Yerks and Visser 3 are fully aware that they've got people now who know what's going on, who know where their pool is and mm-hmm. who will potentially mess up for like future plans. Right. Um, and I, I kind of, while it sucks because I'm sure these kids wanted to save everyone, it, 
it felt way more realistic that these kids like winged it basically and were mm-hmm. able to save two people out of I don't even I don't know if they go into how how much detail but it seemed like a lot of people right. were in there so they but they went in with like a half morphed plan and they were able mm-hmm. to save two people but everyone else not so much right so um yeah it's it almost feels like they inadvertently did more damage than good kind of like because I mean they're kids they're like right. we have to save everyone instead of being like well we've got to really think about this strategically yeah yes. exactly yeah so but yeah it was it was very bittersweet they saved cassie but it was still very mm-hmm. heavy and heartbreaking at the very end of it that mm-hmm. they weren't able to save tom you right. know tom goes right back to being a slug brain mm-hmm. and yet tom doesn't know anything right whereas if they had gotten inside cassie's head mm-hmm. they would know five humans have the power to morph these are who they are yep go get them so like it was super crucial that they got Cassie out because if any of them ever gets infested, mm-hmm. that's it for all of them. Yeah. Like there's, there's no end game there. Yeah. Um, cause the Yurk will have their memories and their knowledge. Mm-hmm. So it's the next day. I, this is so hard to even talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's so much tragedy right in this very first book. Yeah. Everybody got out. Mm hmm. It just took Tobias a little bit longer. Yeah. So he arrives in his hawk morph and we discover he was there for more than two hours. Yep. He is trapped as a hawk. Yeah. My last note is, oh no, Tobias. Because I really, really started liking that kid. Like he really, he's funny. And like they talk about his his home being very broken and how he's like kind of the kid nobody wants. Mm -hmm. And so him being a a hawk, nobody would really care that he was a hawk. And I think that's what made it hurt a little bit more because i was like nobody's gonna come looking for this kid Mm -mm. like he's just gone right he's lost to the wind at this point yeah so yeah they establish it that he's an orphan Mm -hmm. and he kind of gets shipped between two like his aunt and uncle's house like he just gets shipped back and forth yeah and so they're both going to assume that he's with the other one and they don't really care yeah and he's able to disappear and and this is his life now yeah has become a hawk yeah yeah that last there's one line where he's like I was there longer than two hours or something. And that's like, that's it. That's all he says. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what that means. And yeah. I was just like, oh, damn. Like, it's almost, almost worse than him just getting taken out because now he's just this kid stuck mm-hmm. as a hawk for yeah. a question mark. And like, at this point, if there are, their animal form, does that, does that mean they have an animal's lifespan or do they live as long as a human? Because I don't think hawks live very long. So does that mean he's only got like, what, like five years left before he kicks it? Right, so, and nor do they at this point. Yeah, so it's just, ooh, right. ooh, it broke my heart. Like, I'm glad he's still around. I really like him, but it, it's very tragic. Yeah. So, yeah. And so that was the middle grade novel. Yeah, right. The Invasion, book one of the Animorphs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's so, heavy. So that's that's what I was talking about when mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can't believe this all. Like, I was reading this in middle school mm-hmm. um, and and was obviously into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but looking back on it with adult eyes, it's like, wow. It's mm-hmm. a lot. These man. kids are going to, they go through a lot in book one. Yeah. And there's 54 books. Yeah. Well, and like, and we'll talk more about book two next week, but like in book two, there's some heavy themes that book two is the one that kind of got to me a little bit more because it's certain things come up and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like I feel deeply for these, these kids just right. like just doing their best. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Well, and what one thing we didn't talk a lot about 
which I think is okay for this first episode is mm-hmm. like, we'll certainly get to know each of them more and they're more about their backstories and their families. Yeah. Um, and like, we learn some of that in book one, but really we learn more about them as they each get their own book. And right. so I think the appropriate time to talk about each character is, is in their book. Mm-hmm. Um, what we know about Jake at this point is like, he's a generally well-liked guy mm-hmm. at school, like probably the popular kid. Yeah. Um, and he also sort of emerges as like the leader of this group. I was going to say he was definitely the like, um, Leonardo of the group. You know what I mean? Like he, he kind of like took charge. He's, he thinks about things a little bit more rationally than I think the other kids isn't prone to full panic. Um, and also doesn't brush it off as like a fun kind of thing. Like he's, he's the nice even tone kid who can kind of reel everybody in and, and get people to stand behind him for, to formulate a plan. So yeah, he's, he's the, I would say that. Un, um, not unintentional, but unspoken leader, I guess. Right. So, yeah. yeah. He just, he has that quality mm-hmm. about him. Yeah. So. I think every group needs that when you're battling aliens. Right. Right. <laughs> As I've always said. Yeah. I mean, that's an old adage. When you're battling aliens, one of the teenage kids needs to be the leader. Yeah. <laughs> just, I think my grandma has that stitched on a, <laughs> on a toilet oh, somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So any other reactions that you remember as you were reading the book? Um, I just have Cassie is a badass. And then I have get your shit together, Marco. I guess because he was freaking <laughs> out. He it, To me, he gets a lot better in the second book. Like uh-huh. when him, his and uh, Rachel's back and forth is pretty funny because they're both like top tier sarcastic shits. Mm-hmm. So their banter is really good. So I was like, okay. And they also go into detail about like how the reason he's like, why are we doing this? Like, let's just ignore it. Let's go back to our normal lives. Cause he just lost his mom. His dad's dealing with grief. And mm-hmm. so he's got the weight of trying to carry his adult parent through grief. So he's like, I don't have time for this. Right. Like I do not have time it, for this. To me, his reaction is the most believable of them all, which yeah. is like, I'm sorry, you want me to be a middle schooler who also fights off an alien race? Right. No, thank you. Yeah. I, Just no. Yeah, I am busy. I got math homework. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like and what I are we going to be able to do anyway? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it was such, like, it's, it's, fool, it's a fool's errand to yeah. even try. So let's just, we have the knowledge. We can hopefully protect our families. Mm-hmm. We have this cool thing that we can do. Yeah. Maybe we can make some money off of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, there's a whole conversations about how they could be, like, action heroes right? and stuff like that. You know, so... Uh, but like to me, that's so. It's actually practical. Yeah, he is. Like, but I was like swept like, up. No, in no, it no, at no, that no, point. no. Yeah, this this fighting a Yurik race thing. Yeah, uh, we're not going to be able to do yeah, that. I am a but, child. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Exactly. I am a child. I do not have a driver's license. Yeah, how am I supposed um, to get to the aliens? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, yeah and uh, like I said, we'll we'll get to know them all. Yeah. More, but. For very good reasons, he is the most hesitant. Yeah. To no, jump I, in. I I like when. When they flesh it out, and one of the, I think it was Cassie, like, kind of just being like, keep in mind all of these things had happened and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, shit. You know, yeah. that makes more sense now. And I can empathize with this character instead of picking on him. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I was like, you can turn into a tiger. Why are you bitching? Oh, your mom died. Oh, oh I'm, yeah. a, I'm a all bitch. Right. You got shit I'm going on. <laughs> super sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that is the very long-winded explanation recap reaction to the very first book in the Animorph series book number one the invasion um next week we will be doing book number two Mm -hmm. uh, which is from Rachel's perspective and that is called the visitor yes so uh you have a week 
to catch up or uh, read the visitor before we discuss what goes down. Yeah. Because uh, clearly this should we have done a spoiler alert at the beginning? <laughs> I, I feel like if it's we're talking specifics. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like it's kind of implied if we're going to be discussing a book that mm-hmm. we're probably going to spoil the ending for you. Yeah. So, yeah, if uh, we will continue to do that, mm-hmm. that's going to be the MO going forward. Right. So. And even in spoiling the ending, it's really just the beginning. It, yeah, for sure. Because like it leaves so much stuff unanswered and the doors are open and stuff. Book two is the same way. Like shit now is like getting real. And right. I'm like, oh God. So, yeah. Yeah. So I am just as invested in this series as I was the first time. I'm so excited to be going on a journey with you as yeah. you read it for the this first is, this time. This is fun. This is better than I thought it was going to be. So truth yep you didn't think it was gonna be this good i know you're correct because i was like well i'm sure they're good i'm sure they're fun but like you know middle grade uh story from like the 90s or whatever so i was like okay i have a pretty good idea of what this is no i didn't Mm. nope incorrect i was very wrong they are surprising in many ways so uh we hope you are joining us on our reading journey hop on uh all of the socials let us know what you think uh or you can reach out to us at hoofandfangpodcast at gmail.com with your thoughts, questions, things you want us to discuss about the series. Um, yeah, we're going book by book. And uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>